Great God in heaven, we thank you for the worship that has already taken place. Father, we ask that you would continue to speak to us. Lord, as has already been prayed, I, I ask, Father, that you would speak and that your word would accomplish its purposes. Father, I know that I am unable and unworthy for the task, but in spite of me, in spite of my failure, God, please speak this morning. God, I ask that your words would flow forth and mine would be silent. Lord, we know that your word has the power to convict us, to challenge us, to encourage us, and to comfort us. And we pray that your spirit would do this this morning. We need to hear from you and you alone, Father. So God, we ask these things. We ask for you to add the richest blessing to the reading, to the teaching, to the proclamation of your holy word. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you have your Bible with you this morning, I invite you to take it and turn with me to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. The book of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians is in the New Testament, so if you work your way from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you get to Acts, and then we get into the letters that Paul wrote, so you get into Romans and First and Second Corinthians, all right? And then after you hit First and Second Corinthians, you get to what I like to call the General Electric Power Company, all right? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, the General Electric Power Company. If you ever have trouble keeping those straight, there's your mnemonic device for help. Otherwise, I would have no idea which one of those came first. So we are in Colossians. We're in the company part of the General Electric Power Company, Colossians chapter 3. I invite you to take your word and turn with me there. If you don't have a copy of God's word, feel free to take one from the back of the pew in front of you and keep it as our gift to you. Or if you would prefer to follow along on the screen, however you're accessing the word of the Lord this morning, I would ask if you're physically able, would you please stand out of reverence to the public reading of God's holy word. As we look together now, the book of Colossians, chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. The word of the Lord says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you 
also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Every passage and every single word of Scripture is incredibly true and incredibly powerful, but there is something that stands out about Colossians chapter 3 when you begin in verse 1. I doubt that we make it through all 17 verses this morning, but we are going to try our best to hit some of the high points throughout this passage. It begins with a phrase of, if then you have been raised with Christ. This is a phrase that I think many of us glance over. Many of us who have considered ourselves to be believers, considered ourselves to be saved, considered ourselves to be followers of Jesus Christ, we read this first phrase, this first passage, if then you have been raised with Christ. Well, up, uh, that's me. <laughs> I've been raised with Christ. So I'll just move right along to the next few words. Uh, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Okay, all right. Seek the things that are above. Right, because I've been, I've been raised with Christ. But we do ourselves a disservice to jump too quickly past that first verse. Folks, I'm not trying to make anyone this morning doubtful of your walk with the Lord. But I would encourage you daily to examine yourselves and look to Christ, who is our perfection, who is our sacrifice, who covers us for our sins, and see if you have been indeed raised with Him. It just blows me away how often especially in the South, especially in South Alabama, especially in Covington County, even in the short time that I have been here, the number of people that I encounter that say, well, preacher, I tell you what, I, I, went, down, I went down when I was a kid. I, you know, I, was, I was a little boy, and I, I got baptized, you know, and I, 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 it was vacation Bible school probably, because, you know, vacation Bible school, they, they teach us about Jesus. And, and I, I came down because I wanted to know about Jesus, and everybody else was getting baptized, so I just went on ahead and I got baptized, and, and that's what I did. And and you know, I ain't lived for him a single day since then. I mean, I know I say it in a silly voice, but folks, I've heard that a lot from people sitting in this very room. Hey, preacher, I, I just don't know. I, maybe I was saved then, maybe I wasn't, but what I do know is it wasn't real, and now it's real. I didn't get it, but now I get it. And I'm just wondering this morning, maybe you're somebody who's going through Christianity in a humdrum fashion and you don't realize that you have been raised with Christ. Because if you have been raised with Christ, life is not dull or humdrum or boring. There is an excitement. There is a fire that you cannot extinguish. Maybe not every moment of every day, but something rattles your very bones about the gospel that inspires you to live for Jesus regardless of the cost, regardless of the outcome. Because you understand that you and I, if we truly trust in Jesus, have been raised with him. Part of that 
is what I heard when Kyle came and sat down and told me his testimony face to face in my office. As he said, preacher, I, I know I went to church. I know that I was there. I know I was supposed to be there, but I didn't get it. And I need to be baptized because I get it now. I understand God spared me for a reason and for a purpose. Kyle has experienced physically what we have each need to experience spiritually. He got both ends of the spectrum. He told me that they all just sat back on the other boat. They told him about this because he doesn't remember, but he shared with you all just a moment ago. And they said, well, that's it. He's gone. He is dead. Okay, maybe a coroner didn't come up and say, well, Kyle Lawrence is officially dead and the time is. But he wasn't breathing. They tried CPR. He was dead. But God decided to put air back in his lungs, decided to push the water out of his body and allow him to breathe and then put just the right people in just the right place at just the right time to preserve his life so that he might use Kyle in a more powerful way than Kyle ever imagined. And folks, that can be your story. And that is my story. I was dead. This passage spells it out. I've been raised with Christ. That old life that I had, it's over. It's no longer me. I have a new identity. I have a new form of living. I have been raised with Christ, so I now seek the things that are above. Because that's where Christ is. And that's who I need and who I want to be close to. Because I don't live an old life anymore. I've been raised to walk in newness of life. The scripture is so powerful. Verse 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears. If Paul can't hammer it to you enough, he's going to throw it in in a little interjection everywhere along the way. You have died. You are dead. Your life is now hidden with Christ. And when Christ appears, you know, Christ, the one who is your life. And folks, oh, that pierces me to my heart. Because Christ, who is your life, appears. Now, I know what Paul means. I know what he's saying. He's saying that the only life that we have is in Christ. That our life has been put to death and we live in Christ. The only way we have access to the Father, to His goodness, to His mercy, is in, hidden in, covered by Christ and His sacrifice. But I also understand it in, in the connotation that we would probably use today. Christ is your life. And folks, some days I wonder, if somebody were to follow me around and see the things that I say and see the things that I do, would they assume, would they just naturally think that my life is Christ? somebody were to follow you around, would they just naturally assume that your life is hidden in Christ, that you were dead and now you are alive? And there are folks that I get around sometimes, and you, you know these kind of people, Jesus just kind of oozes out of them. You know what I mean? The, the people that you just step in their presence and you go, oh, wait a minute, let me, let me just take a second here because I, there's something different about this person. You meet those people and you know Christ is is their life. Jessica and I went to a missionary's house recently 
And that missionary invited us into his home and was telling us about the work that they did. And their child became sick, and so they had to come back home. And so they came back, and they worked here. And as they, as they worked, they were able to get their child healed and well, but they're not able to go back to Honduras again. And they were reaching unreached peoples in remote areas in Honduras. And this, this wife of this man came up, and the two of them stand together. And you just, when you step in the door, Jessica went to shake her hand, and she just crumpled Jessica's hand up to her body because she just enveloped my wife in a hug. And Jessica and I both knew immediately just this sense of peace, the peace of Christ that just rushes over you. And you know that you are in the presence of somebody who is a believer, who has died and been raised with Christ, who Christ is their life. Folks, so many times we forget to seek the things that are above. So many times we forget that those things are over. Put to death in verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Yes, there's a list of sins there, but also we put to death the things that are petty and distracting us from Christ. We get so caught up in the humdrum of the day that we forget our life is in Christ. This first part in in verses 1 through 5 ties perfectly to verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Folks, I don't know if that's me. I don't know if I'm the one whose life is Christ. Christ is always on my lips and always on my mind. And everything that I do, whether it's something that I say or something I build with my hands or something I type on my computer, everything I do should be done for the glory of God the Father. Don't be distracted by all of the minutia that happens in life. Don't be distracted by the people who want to pull you away, but focus your eyes and your heart and your mind and your soul on who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us and let our lives be enveloped by Him. Let our lives be wrapped up and hidden within Him so that we can be the kind of people that when they come into our presence, they go, oh my goodness, have you ever stopped and talked to Herman Kastevich? Have you, have you ever been around Steve Helms? Have you ever been in his presence? There's just something about him. He just oozes Jesus. You can just see Jesus all over him. When's the last time somebody described you in this way? Church. When's the last time somebody described your pastor in this way? Our life is to be Christ. Our life is to be hidden in Christ. And what we do is get busy and get distracted and get pulled away. And the last thing in the back of our mind is whatever we do in word or deed, doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and giving thanks to God the Father. You can you can have surgery in the name of Christ Jesus. You can do everything for the glory of God the Father. You can deliver packages for UPS. You can be a superintendent of a school. You can work for Power South. I just covered three-quarters of the congregation right there. You can work for an elementary school. There was the other folks that were missing. You could be an occupational therapist. You could sell insurance. You could be a fisherman. You can do whatever you do for the glory of Jesus Christ. Be mindful of Him in our lives and walk 
day by day in step with him, looking for the opportunities. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us like this. It says that he has laid the deeds out in front of us. It talks also about us being dead, being raised to walk in Christ, being raised and seated in the heavenlies where Christ Jesus is. And it says that in verse 10, we are laid out the deeds in front of us that all we got to do is walk in them. All we have to do is be mindful that God is at work in us and around us and we can tune in to Christ who is our life and allow our life to be swallowed up, this mortal flesh to be swallowed up by the eternal glory of God in everything that we say and in everything that we do. And so this this morning, I I don't want you to doubt your salvation. I don't don't want you to, to sit there and go, well, yeah, do I really believe? Do I really not? But I do want you to consider, is Christ your life? Are you playing church? Or do you come here to see Jesus in the people around you? Do you come here to worship Jesus with everybody else who's here? Do you live your life to serve Jesus? Or are you just here because, well, you know, I really want my kids to be in church. I want my kids to grow up in church. I do. It's important to me. So I'm coming to church while my kids are growing up. And then once my kids leave, they, they probably won't come back to church. And then I might not come back either because I was really only there for them. Or maybe you're coming because you feel like your parents want you to be here. Or maybe you're coming because you need a good standing in the community. you you got to be in church somewhere down here in Covington County or nobody will elect you to anything or nobody will be a part of anything that you have to do with. Folks, none of those reasons are good reasons to be here this morning. The reason to be here this morning for me, for everybody else in this room is so that our lives might be lost in Jesus. That our life might be Christ. That we might do everything in word or deed for the glory of God the Father. I wonder this morning, does that describe you? Does that describe you? You have to answer that for yourself. Father in heaven, I I just thank you that even though I was dead, even though I deserved separation and eternal torture and punishment, you are so rich in mercy that you have offered forgiveness and a pardon. Lord, help us as a church not to be distracted, not to be pulled aside, not to look to the left or to the right, but to follow hard after you, Jesus. Lord, help us to serve you and love you. God, calls our lives to be wrapped up in yours. That our life might be hidden in you, Christ, our Savior. Lord, we can't do this alone. We're not able. So, Father, I pray that you move. pray that your Holy Spirit would tug at our hearts. And that, God, we would respond in obedience. Not just this morning, Lord. Not just while we sing the next song. But Father, we pray that you would help us and cause us to respond in obedience tomorrow. And Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Every day going forward. To refresh our minds, renew our strength and focus on you and you alone. Lord, help our lives to be lost in yours. To be hidden in Christ. And covered by your righteousness. I ask that you would move in this town that we would respond in obedience.
We ask these things together in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.